We look forward to seeing you at Two Days of Truth being presented by Beyond Labels. It's our fourth annual Two Days of Truth Summit. This year's theme is Detox is for Everybody. We're bombarded by everything from chemtrails to EMFs to pesticides, herbicides, even uh, toxic people. We're going to deal with all of these aspects at the Two Days of Truth Summit coming up. Sina, give us the final information. I'm really excited about this summit. I think this is going to be our best one yet. It's June 14th and 15th at Polyface Farm. We have some fantastic speakers like Sayer G, the founder of Green Med Info, uh, Dr. Leland Stillman, who's been featured by Wise Traditions lately, Hilda Labrada-Gore, affectionately known as Holistic Hilda, you and me, of course, we also have, for the first time ever, a kids and teens program. So now the adults can enjoy the adult side while they know that their kids and their teens are having fun while also being educated by Joel, myself, and Hilda. It's going to be a blast. And this year, what we're going to do is we're going to actually teach you ancient and modern techniques for how to detoxify the body, mind, and spirit. And we're going to help you put together a personalized plan like an action plan that you can take home and start. As soon as you arrive home, you can implement this action plan and start your detoxing. You know, listen, folks, Polyface is only eight hours from half of the U.S. population. Take a long weekend, come join us, and uh, you'll rub shoulders with other like-minded people, find our tribe, and be encouraged. It's a lonely place out there lots of times, especially if you're a bit of a maverick. So come and spend time with other mavericks and get encouraged, inspired, and enthused about living a more healthy life. So I love the topic for this year, detoxification. It is one of the most important topics that we could ever address at our health summit. Because as Joel mentioned, everyone, every single person needs to know how to detoxify their body, mind, and spirit in order to achieve optimal health and wellness. Let's, let's say if you're an all-star level player, you my guess is you're calling your shots. If you walk into the front office and say, listen, I'm not doing this, I won't say it if you won't say it. Everybody's gonna wink and go, got it. If you're somebody clawing for clawing to try to get on a team or trying to stay in that last little group, you've got no chance, no chance. They're either gonna say, look, take it or leave it, buddy. There's 20, 2,500 people at the door that'll take your job in a blink of an eye and you know it anyway. I mean, that's that's the nature of the game is, is if till you get kind of established, you're so replaceable, it's easy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Labels. I'm Dr. Sina McCullough. I'm here with everyone's favorite farmer, Joel Salatin. And today we have a very special guest. We have John Stockton. He is a 19-year um, NBA career, a basketball player. All his career was with the Utah Jazz. He is a two-time gold medalist. Some of you might remember him from the 1992 Dream Team. Stockton was selected to be on the first U.S. Olympic basketball team that featured professional players. And that dream team went on to win the gold medal, uh, win the gold medal in Barcelona. And he returned to the Olympic team for a second gold medal in Atlanta. And now John has helped um, find this group called, or create this group called Voices for Medical Freedom. John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sina. I'm glad to be here. So this is really exciting for us. We've never had an athlete on before, especially not one of your caliber. 
Now, my first question for you is you've helped to create this group called Voices for Medical Freedom. And this is largely a group where you're trying to support people who basically want to stand up for our right to choose what we do to our bodies, right? No matter what your belief is, whether you believe in you know, the COVID jab or you don't believe in it, it's really irrelevant. The concept of this organization that you're helping to create is really let's stand for our freedom. Let's stand for our right to choose what happens to us. So my question, my first question for you is, you were a loved athlete, right? People loved you. They thought very highly of you. You have a great reputation in the athletic world and beyond. This organization that you created is arguably controversial. So why now? Why are you choosing to kind of stick your neck out now to help build this, this, organ this community or tribe, if you will? Well, what you mentioned to begin with, first of all, athletes, you're an athlete. You you have to take care of the vessel. I mean, you're, it's your livelihood. It's what you love. Everything about it comes from how you take care of your body. So we spend a lot of time being aware of our body, working on it, uh, finding out what the little tweaks are that make it work better and, or what makes it worse and avoid those things. So that's the background. So COVID hits and we, and we just see the trouble in this all along. I mean, it's... Uh, the manufactured aspect of the whole deal. We, we don't, we can get into that if you want to, but then they force shots on you. These things are toxic. Um, just to put it mildly, uh, they're a poison and they're forcing it into our bodies. They're forcing it as a, as a means to go to work means to do what we love means to see our loved ones. It's just, I mean, I, I did enough watching a TV with my dad and we watch a lot of old, uh, Hitler movies and and watch what the Nazi regime was doing and they tested people and that's stuck in my head my entire life. So here this comes and the, and we're being experimented on it in a massive way worldwide and it's a worldwide sales pitch to to force these down our throats and you have to buck a little bit. You just have to look and say something's wrong here. These are our vessels. You have no right to it. You have no right to force an injection. You have no right to force masks. And, and something is just definitely wrong with it. So Ken Rutgers, he's a uh, Green Bay Packer Hall of Fame offensive lineman, won, a, won the Super Bowl there with the Packers. And Mike Fisher, a 19-year veteran with in the NHL, hockey player, got together and said, listen, we word's not getting out. Uh, we need to get athletes together. Let's face it, if, if, if three or four current really good athletes stepped up and said, this is a bunch of baloney, it would stop, but we can't get them to do it. There's so much at stake for their careers, so much money, so much um, reputation that, that there haven't been a lot of people that have been willing to do that. So we've been reaching out to, to former athletes, current athletes, actors, and entertainers to say, listen, you want to sit in a safe place and have conversations and learn while you're, while you're fighting for your personal freedoms that, that the Bill of Rights guarantees us. You can learn about the facts from very, very, very smart people, not us, the people we're learning from, to know how bad these, these injections are and be able to communicate that with your friends and family as well and try to build up the community. So that's what it started as and, and kind of what it's continuing as. I, I have a, I'd like to jump in, Cena, if I may, on, on that angle. The uh, Cena and I both are, are fairly, politically, we're, we're fairly libertarian um, and, and, so uh, my my problem with the COVID uh, uh, jab requirements early on 
you know, as as libertarians, we always, you know, the, the old axiom is um, your freedom ends when your fist hits my nose. You know, so you can do whatever you want to, but when your when your fist hits my nose, then you know, then then it doesn't work. And but we were told, um, John, we were told throughout this ordeal that if I didn't wear a mask, I would make you sick. Uh, if I didn't get the jab, I was basically a a um, you know a, a typhoid Mary. I was, and so the, the narrative was that that when I didn't take the jab or wear the mask, my fist was hitting your nose. And and could you could you take that apart for us a little bit in, in how you respond to that kind of argument? I try to use a mosaic of 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 a mosaic theory of figuring out what the truth is. All right. So it's funny. You talked about the masks and the jab and they kind of fit in the same category. So I, I've had a friend that made a lot of money inventing masks for the early SARS breakout. When was that? In, you know, late 1900s, whatever. And I've seen the mask. There's a micron level that's required in order to keep a virus out. Viruses are so small that the current masks are like using a chain link fence to keep mosquitoes out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's that absurd. It's that absolutely that absurd. Sure. And so I've seen the mask with the with the appropriate micron level, and it's I, I've got one in my house. It's a it's a full gas mask. It's got a little tube that comes out like this. It it's way over the top of what we're seeing. So these masks don't work, plain and simple. I also saw a uh, vaccines revealed movie where these two women got on there, and they were the experts that OSHA asks to come teach classes on the safety and the proper usage of masks for people that must, whether you're in a laboratory or you're in a surgical situation. And these two, one was for the military. That's what the military checks out. And the other one's for OSHA. And they both get in and tell us how unsafe these masks are, even for people that need to use them every day in that, in that structure. And one of the things they said is oxygen level drops, and if we lose, and like especially for kids, if there's even a 5% reduction in your oxygen level for, for a small child, you're losing development opportunities in your brain. It's the same for adults. It's, it's very restricting how you breathe, which if you remember from any medical days that you've been around is that when you have come out of surgery, they want you taking those deep breaths because otherwise you're, you're at risk for taking pneumonia. So now we put old people in masks and they're taking these short breaths. Well, they're gonna be, they're gonna be more prone to pneumonia and other things. Then there's a CO2 buildup. I mean, we all know that, that that's unhealthy for us. I mean, there's all, there's all kinds. Anyway, common sense tells you the masks aren't going to work. Common sense tells you the masks are dangerous for you, and yet they force them down our throats, which is, is illegal and uh, makes no sense. Come up to the jabs. I mean, the the uh, I have a long background now in trying to seek out jabs. I was on the medical side for a long time, and my first three children were were vaccinated kind of according to the schedule. We had three when I was a kid. And um, now there's, what, 75? Uh, right. you, yeah. It's an incredible number. Uh, they tell you that they're safe and effective, and they can tell you that after, what, two weeks of testing? When I took an anti-inflammatory, when I was playing, I took an anti-inflammatory for a year and a half, different ones, for, uh, for uh, uh, a tendonitis I had in the lateral part of my leg, and the two of them have been banned. Two of those products have been banned. This is after nine, 10 years of testing. They did it to determine that they were safe. Now in actual usage on athletes, it was hurting people's hearts. And so they ended up being banned. So to trust the notion that, that 
a poison injected in your body can be safe and effective at any time, again, is absurd. It doesn't make any sense. So um, I know common sense has got to be a big factor in this, Joel, to answer your question. And, and it didn't pass any of those tests from the get-go. Wow. So are you, are athletes coming to you in droves, like to join this community that you're creating? Um, or are you having a hard time getting athletes, you know, to speak out? Will they come to you in private? Or like, what has the success been like for Voices for Medical Freedom? What's funny, we've been approached by dozens of groups trying to get athletes to speak out for just like what you're talking about. And, you know, Ken and I kind of chuckle because we're the ones doing most of that, most of the talking. We chuckle because people don't realize how difficult it is to reach athletes. When I was playing, if you weren't, if you weren't related, good luck trying to get me on the phone. It just, you, you, you build this cocoon around yourself because there's so many people that, that seemingly want in and they want a piece of that, that, whatever that is, that it's, uh, that you're really resistant to it. So it's difficult even for us to reach athletes. It's, it's difficult to get the topic far enough along when we do reach them to, to make any inroads to it. So it hasn't been an enormous success, the recruitment process. Uh, it's been a little bit frustrating in ways because you hear that even when you do reach people, spend an hour and a half on the phone with an old friend that I played with or a guy that I have a relationship that's currently playing and you have that discussion it's been an hour and a half on the phone and they said, well, well, I don't know. I can't step out because that cancel culture and understanding that if you refuse, you're missing out on million dollar salary, millions and millions of dollars of salary endorsements. Um, people are afraid of the abuse that comes because you get some arrows without a doubt. And uh, it's pretty limiting. You know, if you, if you were in your prime, you know, in your NBA career, and it was during this whole COVID and the mandate and them pushing the vaccines on the athletes, what do you think you would have done? Like, do you think you would have stood up and said no? Or, cause I can, I can see the dilemma, right? Their whole career is, is on the line. Their, you know, livelihood is on the line. And like you said, you, they don't want to get that bad press. Like they may not get picked up the next year, you know, for a team. So they could really be ending their whole career. So if you had to, in a theoretical situation, put yourself in their shoes, what do you think you might do? Well, I think it would come from what part of my career it was in. So I, when I started out, our my salary was $80,000 a year, which is no joke, but compared to what guys are doing now, that's it's almost <laughs> laughable, right? Yeah. Uh, and there was no notoriety. And, but what I would say is, I mean, as it, as it stood, I took the flu shot in my early years and I thought that was the best thing. I completely trusted medicine. My mom was a nurse. My sister was a nurse, completely trusted it. Then you learn that the flu shot, for example, most, most all of them have mercury, aluminum, formaldehyde, formaldehyde neomycin. I mean, uh, other viruses, cause they can't pop properly cleanse out, clean out the viruses. So and then plus I got really sick. I think it was in my fourth year or something, took the flu shot or fourth year. I got deathly sick and I spent two days at a hospital in Charlotte, um, missed my game, missed my first games of my career because of it. And I go, wow, I thought this was supposed to protect me from it. And, and then I talked with the chiropractor friend. He was a team team chiropractor who I had my doubts about when we first started there. And, and uh, he said, maybe you should think about not doing vaccines either for yourself or by that time we were starting to have children. And, Oh, yeah, yeah, right, buddy. I mean, I don't want my kids to get these things. And so 
again, I, I didn't have complete faith in him. So I, early on, to answer your question, I, I have to probably say that I would have taught, taken it without thinking, hey, Doc, you think I need this? Fine, let's go. When's the next game? What time's practice? My thinking would have been that short, and, uh, and thank God it didn't come up then. After that, after I got sick, after I started getting those those little inputs from our chiropractor saying, hey, think about it. And then he handed me a book. I read that. And I go, well, that's interesting. Read another book on vaccines. Uh, suddenly it became really easy to not. So probably my last 14 years, I would say, no way, Jose.